0: Hello, I'm Susan Dunlop. Welcome to episode 39 of Coffee and Contemplation with Susan. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're listening in already, welcome back. I started the podcast in 2020 with the thought of having women of each decade of life share their story for their own benefit and also for those who are listening. It's about storytelling. Uh, To me, it was quite a big part in our previous generation's lives that stories were shared um, across large, long dinner tables at family events. And to me, I feel like with the spreading out of families across Australia or even across the world, that is uh, starting to be missing in life. So Uh, I've had people on in the age bracket between 10 and 18 and I've had a woman so far in her 90s and all the decades in between. So to me it's about family members listening to the podcast to hear something possibly not shared before and also in listening other women feel that they're not alone in having shared similar situations or issues and wonder how they'd answer the question um, if they were asked them to. So the podcast is about women contemplating what's led them to where they are right now in their journey and, you know, it shows their human side, the darkness or challenges experienced and the light that results from those experiences, you know, with vulnerability and insight and hope and a smile, you um, yeah, it intrigues me just to hear each woman's story and I hope it does intrigue all the listeners as well. So far it's been listened to in eight countries and it's got quite a, a growing number of listens every single week. Today's guest is Jaya McIntyre, a woman I met around this time last year. With COVID-19 getting in the way of our Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network Awards in 2020, the network decided instead to sh- showcase their past winners. And I was honored to be included in that showcase. And Jaya happened to be the professional photographer that they'd lined up for a, you know, where is she now type of photo shoot. Uh, So I met Jaya in her studio at Empire Art Photography in Mooloolaba. And we had a good old time. She took me out and, you know, we sort of wandered around the streets and had photos and, yeah, beautiful work that she produces. And then since then, I just happened to have come across Jara again at the local Noosa Women's Circle breakfast. And then the next time was that she was all very glamorous the next time around. She was in um, the launch of a collaborative book project that she contributed all the imagery for. Uh, it was a book showcasing 49 women and, you know, very inspiring women. And she brought that together um, as a team with, you know, the Noosa connector, Jo Farla and uh, beautiful wordsmith, Melinda Ace. So Jaya is a woman with a story and I'm not the one to share it, only she can. So Jaya, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. Nice to be hey. here.
0: Yeah, it's lovely to see you and um, on this very quiet lockdown week, it looks like your um, studios is a very nice safe haven to be in.
1: It is very nice and expansive. It feels a bit lonely at the moment. <laughs>
0: Because you should have been really busy. You were having the, um, there was a mayor's ball last Saturday that I believe got shut down with the lockdown at the last minute.
1: At the very last minute, sadly, for that. But they will reschedule that.
0: And And this week, Sunshine Coast Business Women's Award, you know, after having not had one last year.
1: Yeah, so I was really looking forward to that because waiting two whole years for those kind of parties is a long time. Yeah, So much time and effort goes into organising them. So whilst it will just be rescheduled down the track, um, I think there was a lot of people who were very excited to see the end result.
0: (laughs) I know. And just thinking that, you know, even when you've just done that showcasing of 49 women in your book, um, and I know some of them are are up there as finalists for the awards this week, there's obviously another whole group of women that you've um, got to look at for future books if you're going to do one.
1: Oh, definitely, and I had the privilege of meeting them in the Purple Room the other night. So there are a lot of amazing women. I sat in the table, the young women, which I think must be under 25 or or under 30, but, oh, my God, blown away. I was like, what was I doing at that age?
0: I know. It's so inspiring. I I think if, if you ever go along to an award as a finalist, I've said to a few people, so just go and enjoy it, the fact that you're sitting there with all these other people and you've all had a moment to really share your stories, which is, yeah. you know, it's so good for any business owner to um, take that time out for themselves.
1: I think so. And it really shines a light on their business and makes people look at what they're doing over the next 12 months to a couple of years. So it's such good
0: exposure for their businesses. I agree. And your photos would have been lovely to see. But anyway, <laughs> we shall wait again. Stay tuned. So on to you and your story. Um, So Jaya, we'll start with the beginning and um, let's chat about where did you grow up and what was life like for you as a little girl having been born in the late 70s?
1: So um, I was born in Melbourne and my parents moved to the Sunshine Coast when I was two. They moved here for a better health lifestyle for myself. I had lung problems and eventually developed asthma. So the Sunshine Coast and the nice temperature here seemed more conducive with a happy lifestyle for so, a so toddler. Like, so growing up on the Sunshine Coast, my parents were greenies and they were um, part of the Environmental Council. And we went to lots of festivals and just different things growing up. Like I call it just a little, like obviously I've got hippie parents. That's how I got a name my like giant. And I just had a very nice, fun lifestyle. I come from a split family, um, where the Brady Bunch, basically, when you put all those kids and parents together, <laughs> it's quite okay. funny. I love my childhood, always lots of fun to be had, way too many kids running around all over the place. Sometimes I look back and wonder how any of the parents coped with that. Um, but I'm a middle child, so I'm just one of those really easy-going, chilled out, take it from the oldest, take it from the youngest, but now it was fun. And then I guess like going to those um, environmental things and rallies and concerts and things like that, I just grew a bit of a passion for people watching. And from a young age, I had a camera around my neck, and I knew from a very young age that I would have something to do
0: with photography. Okay. Is the photography you're doing of people mostly or do you, I've seen you out at strange photo shoot hours at four o'clock in the morning in the mountains. <laughs> what what are they about?
1: Um, well, that is about photographing landscapes. So I guess like growing up I really dreamed of being at those festivals and things, the people that sparked my attention the most were the Sea Shepherd and the Green Sea people. Just seemed to be having a great job part of a team, they were easily recognisable, they were always having fun, and I decided I wanted to be a Greenpeace photographer. So landscape was probably my number one passion, and being a Greenpeace photographer was how I was going to achieve that career dream goal. But when I finished my tape and sent off my resume, I never got a call back. Okay. So that's my hobby now, doing, doing those kind of um, things for myself fills my car. And then I get to be a better creative for my day job, which is portraits and weddings. Ah, mm.
0: uh, so you do weddings too, do you? I've only seen you yeah. at events.
1: Yeah, not many weddings right now. Definitely no. not many weddings in the year that we've known each other.
0: Gosh, no, no. Um, I know my my eldest daughter got married up at Mulaney a few years back, and absolutely beautiful uh, photography. You know, sort of sitting out in the middle of a field on a lounge.
1: And that's why I practice being a good landscape photographer because every photo shoot that you do outside is as much about the person as it is about the landscape. So that's why yeah. I get up at crazy o'clock to learn from the best sometimes.
0: Uh, one question I haven't <laughs> asked you bit before is why Empire Art Photography?
1: Oh, so this could have a little bit to do with my favourite song. When you're naming a business, it's very hard not to come up with a name that someone already has. And when I was rebranding about eight years ago, I really struggled to find that unique name that suited what I wanted, but also said a little bit about me. And I actually was going to take a word or a song lyric and turn it into my business name. So one of my favourite bands is the Cat Empire. So I decided Empire was going to be the word, and it had to. I couldn't just be Empire Photography. It actually had to um, have a second word with it because of the other names that were too similar. And I thought, well, I want to do more art, so let's be Empire Art Photography. And eventually Mm. we'll have a a small empire of amazing studios or photographers who have grown through this space.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I love Cat Empire too. They're so good.
1: (laughs) They're definitely one of my favourites.
0: And we're going to talk about music later and I know – as you said, like from that that history that you've had with your family, you've got a lot of um, lot of playlists on your Spotify.
1: Ooh, a lot.
0: Way, way, way. A lot. So in terms of that, so you started there, obviously you went out to all these really amazing places with your parents. You talked about bringing photography into your life. Is that what you dreamt of being when you grew up or just having it in your life?
1: Yeah, no, but definitely being a photographer was what I dreamt of being. And obviously not getting the position with Greenpeace just saw me hand out my resume in other places. Um, And I was lucky enough that the first place that I went and worked was a portrait and wedding photographer in a rural town. And when you're in a rural town, you've got to be fairly diverse. You don't get to pick and choose and niche down into only specialising in women or only specialising in one type of genre. You just have to be diverse and well-skilled at everything. So that was very good practice for getting good at your craft and deciding what you liked. And I actually decided that I really liked photographing people. I didn't really like going out and photographing tractors or the big rig trucks that I had to do or the big wheat farm silos and things like that that I got sent out on a regular basis. Um, but it was the people that I loved being with and, and capturing them doing what they did.
0: What was the funnest thing you ever took a photo of? The funnest?
1: Oh, um, I was going to say I think I don't know if you can describe. It's the same as the song. When you photo, I've I've been in positions where I've photographed hundreds of families a week, and you know hundreds of shoots across the year. I've been in the industry for twenty four years, so narrowing that one down is a tough one. <laughs> um, I think. The joy for me in photography is when people see how beautiful they are or how you actually capture them in the way that they want to be captured. So, most people have a story to tell, and actually being able to tell that story that gives them joy is probably the most fun thing.
0: Okay, I do, yes.
1: again, I get to do all sorts of random things like photographing people in ball gowns sitting on the toilet or. You know, there's just endless amounts of fun in family photo shoots. We get to throw chalk on the beach and there's always, if people want to have fun, I'm totally up for it. Water fights and whatever you want to do fun-wise, there's always a lot of it. But, yeah, I think just the joy that people get in viewing their photos and collecting them, that's the most fun part of my day.
0: Has there any been? Has there ever been like a real blooper type moment where you've had something go totally wrong?
1: Yeah, my favourite blooper moment. You know, you see all those blooper moments on um, on Instagram and stuff like that. And my favourite blooper moment, two that I'm not allowed to share, would be the 18 year old who just turned 18. Her newborn photo. All her mum wanted, little naked baby with the fairy wings on the back. And this was in the day and age of film photography, so you only have a couple of clips to get the shot that you needed. And in the shot that she's smiling, she's actually projectile pooping at the same time. <laughs> so she won't let me share that one ever. No. For <laughs> pain of death. <laughs> uh, and I've had a bride Toyota jump out of her strapless wedding dress. Oh. So when she was in the air, completely top left. Oh. Well, good on
0: her, that's what I say. Which
1: was, which was pretty fun for her and her her, her husband to keep as, their, as a wedding photo, but not something that I can let go viral.
0: No, 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 who wouldn't go? Mind you, you might actually get a really good reputation from it, so
1: <laughs> just be yourself, be free. Well, Toyota might employ me for the future, so that might be a good thing. <laughs>
0: hey um, there's a saying that you know life isn't happening to you uh whatever's happening for you so with that thought you know what's happened for you in life you know even if it's comfortable or not comfortable or in a good way or a bad way this led you to be the woman you are today
1: so when I was 34 and I had just decided that I didn't want to work for anyone else ever again that I was really just going to start my own business and be my own boss and set up a studio for myself, I actually got about six months into that project and had hired a space and everything like that and was about to have my opening party and discovered that I had breast cancer. So Mm. I just accidentally found a lump, which once the scan had happened, turned out to be two lumps. And instead of having that opening party, I had to have a mastectomy followed up by a round of IVF to freeze some eggs if I wanted to ever have children and then 15 months of treatment after that. So all in all, it was like a two-year kind of health journey,
0: um, Mm.
1: which is hard to take when you're 34 and kind of climbing to the peak of where you think life is going to be at. Yeah. Um, But, you know, every part of that was just a lesson in what what can I learn? Like having cancer, unfortunately, is probably the ultimate sign of your body not, not being in optimal health. Um, you know, for me, I knew full well that I had face burnout with my past jobs and was pushing a little too hard. And I was already making those lifestyle changes to get into a place of ease and grace, I guess is what you could say. Um, but for my body, it was just too little, too late. And then, you know, through that journey, you just learn how to be a little bit kinder to yourself. You learn how to view the world a little bit differently. Um, a little bit more patient. You learn a lot more respect for a lot of people around you. Um, one of my biggest things that I noticed during that time was sometimes there was times where I just needed to go to the chemistry in my pyjamas and own boots. And previously, I might have judged people for showing up in a shopping centre in their pyjamas. But That's just that lesson in reminding yourself that maybe they're not being lazy. Maybe they're actually just going through chemo and they physically can't get themselves changed to get in and get what they need. Or they don't feel like getting changed to get in and get what they need. Um, So it definitely makes you look at so many things in such a different way. And all I can say is like the, the happening for you is that it definitely helps cement down the don't be doing anything that I don't want to be doing. Don't take anything on that doesn't serve me. Don't hang around with people who don't lift me up and light me up. Um, don't put time and energy into projects that don't do the same thing. Like life really is very short, and you should spend your time wisely, I guess. And say no. Just say no more often to things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Because once you do, it definitely opens the way up for
0: a better thing yeah wowee so yeah that's very young to go through so walking into that like i know other women in the last year or so who you know found out that they've had breast cancer and one of them said to me she said oh it was really surprising that it's almost like someone else takes over everything for you suddenly once you actually find out you've got it like the whole health system seems to kick in at you and then at some stage you actually have to start taking back some control for yourself does that
1: Um, mean something It definitely is like uh, you are tied to an agenda with the health system. Um, It's funny because when I went into my treatment and they said to me, it'll be 15 months of chemo, I said, oh, could we make that 14.5? Because I've actually got a flight booked to America and I'm going away. (laughs) And I think they just looked at me like I was graving mad. And I said, You know, like at the end of the day, what is that extra two weeks going to make a difference? Like, you know, if you tell me that I need to do that, I'll do that. But if not, then let's just aim for that 14.5. They were like, no, there might be complications. There might be this. There might be that. I'm like, okay, let's face that when it comes. But there is nothing, you know, like I guess, I just don't think we have any concept of the agenda that. You know, the hospital sets it to keep your health, so that's fine. You, you you would never say no. Well, you know what? I can't fit that into my busy yeah. schedule. But when you are tied to a hospital weekly, every second day, fortnightly, every three weeks, like, it is – it's something that you've probably never really had to do apart from your job. Like, you know, there's nothing else that you really go to that regularly. So yes, it is. It can be very confronting to be so regimented by it. Um, it can, but it can also be very liberating to say goodbye for that and not have to go. Yeah. Back. So yeah. I guess I'm at my yearly a yearly scan now, so that's quite nice to just have that freedom to just know that you know I'm just going to check in on my yearly scan and that's gonna be it.
0: Yeah, yeah. As you said, just amazing looking. Probably back in hindsight of what you actually did, just go through that you have come through and you've got so many lessons from it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, but you know, they don't feel like lessons when you're in it. I think that's the hardest thing. Sometimes you'll meet people who will try to explain that to you in the early days and you're not ready to hear it. And I guess it depends how holistic you are. So, obviously, having green parents, I'm very holistic and I'm very happy to listen to what the natural therapies are doing and look at alternative solutions and things like that. So I actually took the best of both worlds. I did what needed to be done medically. And I had an amazing kinesiologist and counsellor that helped me through it. I've got an acupuncturist and homeopathy, I don't know, homeopathy, um, and an amazing holistic doctor. So like I had this team of people around me, um, you know, that were very helpful. But one of the things that they quite often said to me was, you, um, you know, you're almost asked for that lesson. And I'm like, nobody asks for cancer. <laughs> it's, hard no, it's, to, interesting. it's hard to hear people tell you that you almost asked for that lesson. Um, mm. Because like I said, nobody asked for cancer. But if looking back now, the lesson in slowing down and doing what I was more passionate about, of course, mm. and I wouldn't change that. Like that is the greatest lesson that I learned out of that.
0: Mm. I think my body was screaming at me once when before I sold my last company. I don't remember that, like we were going through a really, really probably the worst patch we ever went through after the Newman government changed. And I was just waiting. I didn't know whether the bank was going to shut me down. But the cold fear, I said to Tom, my husband, I said, "This is going to get me sick. I can feel it. This is not good type of fear." Yeah. And you know, that worry that we had. So I so said, I can't do this. We do have to keep moving forward towards setting it back up to where we were ready to sell it mm-hmm. because it's not for me to keep this thing. Like I can't have that type of stress on my body Yeah. that I was feeling.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I think um, we don't even really know what the stress is. Like when my doctor says, i you under stress? I would say no. But then, when you really lay it out and look at the Brady Bunch family and all the things that you've got going on in your life and the amount of hours that you squish into work, the food that you don't eat right because you don't have time and the exercise that you don't do because you're traveling too far to work. Like it's all those little things that amount up. And like you said, eventually, sometimes you'll feel it. And sometimes life will just slap you in the face and say, You weren't listening. You need to fix this.
0: Yes, yeah, as they say, the feather brick truck situation. And I find even
1: now that if I let myself go back into that crazy, busy schedule, my body will give me something in some different way, whether it be a sore foot or a sore arm or a sore shoulder, that stops me in my tracks and says, hey, remember that lesson? Giving you a bit of a a shake or a pinch. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it, it it just helps to be mindful about looking out yeah. yourself.
0: And I think before we even started the the recording today, we were talking about resilience and that would come from, like you, you're watching now what's happening here and across Australia with COVID and obviously your business is going to be quiet until lockdowns come open. Yeah. But you're sitting there in that sort of sense of calm of, I don't know, whether you've got that extra layering of resilience about you that you've been there before through something.
1: You definitely have an extra layer of resilience and I guess I see it when I look around and sometimes you wish you could share that with people. Sometimes you might be able to share it with a little bit of wisdom or a book or a quote or something, but I think it's very hard when you're in the moment of something um, to feel a calm about it. It's not until you can look back and think, you know what, if I survived that, I can survive this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, we do live in a beautiful space, um, in a very lucky country. I think the the things that we are facing, whilst they might seem big, we'll look back on, and and they will seem insignificant.
0: Mm, yes, as you said, but just so many lessons, goodness me. So mm. can't believe we're still talking about it at the next awards. That's not I happening, know. but anyway. <laughs> Um, shall we move on to your passion project? Yeah. Which is women-inspired, I imagine. So how did the idea of that originate and, you know, what were the obvious ripple effects for you having chosen to take whatever steps? Now this, you know, when people have a passion project, they sometimes wonder how to start or mm. try to do it all and there's only a really little thing that might work. So what what tips have you got about that?
1: Well, I guess this project happened. Um, Joe Fowler runs a retreat at Noosa North Shore with Noosa Circle. And she, you know, you're sitting around cracking open ideas about, you know, what could be good for your business moving forward and things like that. And she said she'd always wanted to do this book. I said, I think it's a great idea. I'd love to be your photographer. And Melinda was actually at the same retreat. And I said, so Melinda's got to be the writer. We need to do this together. But the retreat was in February of 2020. And in my head, I can see what's laid out in my calendar for the year. And I knew that I had a pretty busy year ahead of me. And we were just coming into wedding season. So I knew that I probably didn't really have the time or capacity to fit that in. But it sounded like a really good idea. Little did I know that, like, less than a month later, the wedding industry would be 100% wiped out for a minimum oh. of six months. And all that time in my diary that was allocated out to that, I could suddenly allocate it to a fashion project. So all
0: crazy, meant to be. Okay.
1: Yeah, and having already had the Businesswoman Network exhibition idea was kind of underway and already rolling out. Like, we already knew that that was happening. I just needed to wait to finish that up and take a spin off that, that I really wanted to show women, like, who they were, what they were doing, what their passion was. Like, I tried to get that across in the story of their photos. Um. So, yeah, it was just a really lovely project to work on, A, because it filled in some blank time that I didn't have to sit around feeling sorry for myself. And B, I got to meet 49 amazing women and work with two other amazing women. Like I just cannot, we, thought we were part of the 49. So I guess, you know, just working together and being with those women, every little person you meet and every story you hear, you grow from and you learn from, and then some of the, the ripples that have gone out into that community of collaborations that they're doing together or retreats that have been run and some of those women have been invited in to be speakers and things like that. Like it's just, you know, that is Joe Fowler at her best at making people, giving connections to the right mm. people and putting people in touch with the right people and making things happen. So it's been really nice to watch other things blossom from from those introductions.
0: Yeah, so it is a published book. So in for each woman there was a, a write-up, so there's a, a page of write-up and then there's the photography. How are you distributing it?
1: Um, so you can buy it on the Women Inspired website. There are a handful of bookshops on the Sunshine Coast that also have it. So if you need a copy delivered to your door, heading over to the website is probably the best thing to do. Uh at Hogwarts bookshop in the plaza. So yes. Oh, yeah. a little one in Palmwoods, uh, Avenue J in Mulula Bar. There's a few more. Like off the, we all we've all had them put into different shops personally. But if anyone wants to get their hands on a copy, I can definitely direct them to or you can buy it off the website.
0: What are you most proudest of Doing in relation to that project Was there any particular really Sort of like nearly tearing up moment
1: um, I think It's just Like it's obviously the first time I've ever Published a book So for the three of us It's taking on a project that you Are unfamiliar with um, Unfamiliar with the time Frame You are working with a global pandemic So even when you your book in for publishing. Instead of saying it's going to be six weeks for print delivery, the publisher just says, we'll get it to you when we can. So there's a lot of unknowns in there. So I guess probably the happiest moment was receiving it in our little hot hands and actually being able to have the party with the women and release the book. So like I said, the joy of giving that physical product to my customers for me is always the most fun. Mm. So to be able to get through all of the stuff that we had to face to get through that, because you never really know what goes on behind a business and how many hurdles they have to jump over to actually get that little print thing out to you. Yeah. So um, actually making that happen and not having to postpone the party was a major win for us.
0: I know, and I remember when we stood there as uh, <sighs> I was waiting, so I was there with Nikki, one of the the women in the book, Nikki Creber, and I remember looking around and, like, the moon just rose as it all was just starting and it was absolutely amazing, like, the the crowd you had and you were a very busy woman. I remember seeing that, that you were running around. But,
1: But, you know, just the blessing of being, you know, that's almost right place at the right time. We Mm. planned that and we hoped that we would pull it off and we hoped that we would be in a really good position, but, this year, if it's taught us anything, is that things can be cancelled at the last minute.
0: So you know that yeah. was a good feeling. Yeah, and, and talking to Melinda about it at that party, you know, because everyone's going, "Oh, you need to do the next one," <laughs> and she said, "She said it actually takes a lot of energy to yeah. creatively write that much content." And I imagine yeah. that for you to pull that out of you too, to make every one of those images almost like artwork. What do you think about the regularity of, say, if you're going to do Women Inspired 2? Would it be a year's so, time? or? So
1: Women Inspired 2 will probably be, we haven't got a set date for the publishing again because that will be because so they inspired, but the book will be taking applications late this year and, oh, okay. and doing the project early next year so that we do have a release for next year. We just are not committed to the actual date for the release. No, we don't need to be. Yeah. So we'll, we'll spend the rest of the year promoting this book and getting this book as far and wide as it possibly can. And then next year there will
0: be a number two. What are you working on now that makes you smile when you wake up in the morning?
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm working on with businesses, we're planning out their content creation for the next six months. So the, the work that I do from now until Christmas really boosts them on into the next year. So that's a lot of fun to see them roll that out and see what kind of success they have with that content. Um, we're doing lots of family photos on the beach in the afternoon. Like These sunsets that we're having at the moment are the absolute best time of year. Mm-hmm. To have photos done and you know that there'll be a lot of grandparents all around the world that will be receiving these photos of the family and for some of those grandparents they haven't seen the kids for a year or two um, so it is pretty special to be able to photograph them and know that that photograph is going to be so loved in the house that it's going to and again boudoir glamour like everything's about Christmas gifts and getting getting ready for Christmas it feels like a long way away but I keep telling people I only have 12 shooting weeks until Christmas
0: yeah it's not long at all I know the year has whipped away I know
1: crazy so yeah I love this time of year it's all very exciting and the weather is great
0: So now we talked about songs and you were struggling to find me a song because you have so many that you like. (laughs) Is there a song? Because you are in my first 40 women on the podcast show, Uh, therefore you make it into the national top 40 or the international top 40. Um, So what song could I add to that list to show was yours? Uh,
1: So Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Um, It's very hard for me to pick one song. Yeah, because I love so many, and it would depend what mood I'm in. Is it a pep me up song? Is it a calm me down song? <laughs> uh, but that don't stop believing. You asked me what I love to sing out in the car, and I absolutely love road trips. Road trip holidays are one of my favourites, and mm. I am the DJ in the car. And don't stop <laughs> believing is always on there, and I think ah. it's a it, a it's a you know it's a great story. It's a great motto, oh. um, but life should, be a, life
0: should be a musical too. So, you know. <laughs> oh. so I I work in theme songs. Like every every everything we do is like we're hoping, which we don't know is going to happen, but we're going to have a um, That's Amore a pizza night, you know, just because like wait for the full moon and then put the Spotify has got a pizza making playlist on there. Love
1: it.
0: It is so good. It's yeah. like perfect. I you know, sit outside with lights, only if COVID's. Letting us all do it, but we'll see how we go.
1: Uh, I was going to say we might have to crack it. I might have to crack that out in my household this week.
0: (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Um, Do you have a favourite – we're we're getting to the end. So do you have a favourite quote or a poem or a book that gets you by in hard times?
1: Uh, So I love reading personal development books. Uh, Again, too many to mention. But my favourite quote is this too shall pass because – It is just a great reminder no matter matter what you're facing that this too shall pass and just say it with a deep breath and know that you can only be moving forward. And sometimes you move forward downhill before you move forward uphill, but moving forward is moving
0: forward. Mm, The point is moving, isn't it, when it comes down to it? Definitely. So Jaya, thank you so much for coming on the show. As I said, it's always so fast to get through these half-hour chats and um, I, mean, I definitely learned more about you than I knew. And <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So, listeners, I hope you took something away from Jaya's chat today that inspired you just as much as um, she has put all the effort into making other inspiring women shine. She shines and it's amazing to hear her story in terms of, you know, What if life is actually happening for her and taking the journey that she went through in breast cancer at an early age. And as she said to me earlier, uh, when I first invited her on the show, she said, oh, it's good to share stories so that other people who are right now going through what she did back then, like maybe also wanting just to walk up the street today in their pajamas and slippers, that someone else has been there and come through the other end of it. I love the fact that you know she's definitely developed quite a philosophy from that that learning that she had. That she does what serves her and hangs out with people that lift her up, and you know she's able to say no more often, and you know conserve her own time and energy so that she can do stuff that actually makes her life the way she wants it to be. Now you know we all have a choice; we can make our life the way we want it to be. I think that's a lesson for all of us. Like we we, we could all do with sort of considering you know, what does deserve our energy and, you know, what makes you smile, what lights you up. And we can do that in everyday life, even when we are in lockdown. So I'm Susan Dunlop. I am a life coach here in Noosa. I actually coach both life and business. And Jaya is a type of woman that I actually work with every day. And yeah, I feel inspired from having had a chance to listen to her today. And uh, I'll be back in episode 40 which will be exciting to have our top 40. Until I'm back, you take care. And I'm looking forward to having our next guest on in, I'll say about two weeks time. So tune in then. Thank you. Take care. Bye for now.